Welcome to the Conducting Artistry podcast, where we discuss ideas, techniques, and processes to elevate your conducting and empower your ensemble. I'm your host, Ingrid Martin, and in this series, we're talking all about programming and repertoire selection. In today's episode, we're discussing engaging players and audiences through thematic programming. We're going to cover why thematic programming is really fantastic for both your students and audience and how we go about creating a program around a theme. Let's jump into it. We should start by defining what we mean by a themed program. So this is basically just a collection of pieces that all have some kind of idea or thread in common. Maybe it's a program of music that's all about space or all music that is originally dance music, or perhaps it's something more broad, just like classics. So why do thematic programs engage audiences and players? And why are they so useful? Well, first of all, thematic programming allows you to explore a particular topic or idea both in depth and in breadth. So so by getting a collection of pieces that all are based around the same idea, we can get a better knowledge and understanding of whatever that core idea is and how composers have responded to that idea. Let's imagine that we're programming a concert that's based on literature and we find a whole lot of pieces that are either based on books or stories or poems. It really gives us a chance to delve into how composers have responded to a text and how they have chosen to express that text through music and sound. The second thing is that thematic programming deepens people's connection not only with whatever that topic area is but also with the music itself sometimes especially for people who are not well musically trained or don't have a musical background or young players sometimes it can be quite hard to connect with what the music is trying to express or what the composer is trying to communicate when we program music around a theme we suddenly have something for the audience or the players to hang on to, something else that they already understand from outside of music. And we can use that as a way to help them hook in, connect with and understand what the music is trying to say. So if we go back to our idea of a literature-based program, maybe we have a piece, let's say, of Sailors and Whales by Frances Macbeth. Now, even if you haven't spent the deep amount of time reading the whole of Moby Dick, which that piece is about, you can get a pretty quick idea of the characters from the little words that Francis Macbeth uses at the start of each movement. Each movement of that piece is about a particular character in the book Moby Dick by Herman Melville. And so if we have this little text synopsis, Uh, which is really easy to understand, then that is going to help players and audiences connect with, oh, when I hear this really wild, dramatic timpani playing and this really fast tempo and this hammering sound, I can understand now that this is the drama of the white whale and that the composer is using all of these devices to try and portray a particular character. So it can help players and audiences 
get a better understanding of the compositional style and technique that a particular writer is using to express a particular idea or character or whatever the case may be. Furthermore, it provides the opportunity for comparison. So if we're programming this uh, concert of music about literature and we've got on our program of Sailors in Wales by Francis Macbeth, all about Moby Dick, then maybe we might also want to program some music from The Lord of the Rings by Johann de May. Again, music that was based on the novel, not the film, in the case of Lord of the Rings. And then we can actually, in our rehearsal, talk about how different composers are using their styles and techniques to express similar ideas. So Melville is using certain compositional devices to express the drama and chaos of the white whale in the fifth movement of, of Sailors and Whales. And Demay is actually using sometimes similar ideas and sometimes different techniques to express the drama of Shadowfax, Gandalf's horse, in the Gandalf section of The Lord of the Rings. Through the process of rehearsing a themed program, you will notice that players change their understanding of both the musical material and the topic itself. So the music provides a doorway into the understanding of the topic and the topic provides a doorway of understanding for the music. When it comes to audiences, themed programs are fantastic for marketing. They allow us to target a particular audience rather than just putting stuff out there and hoping that somehow someone who's interested might see it. Let's continue with our, our idea of the literary inspired program. Who are we going to target this particular program to? Well, of course, this is going to be targeted towards people who like books and poetry. So immediately we have a particular section of people, a particular demographic that we are going to target with our marketing for the concert. And we also immediately know where those people are going to be and where they're going to look for information about things that they might be interested in. So if we're doing our literary concert, of course, we should be advertising and putting our marketing materials in libraries and in bookstores. And maybe there are book clubs or book groups that you know that are operating near your area that you can advertise your concert to. Or perhaps you know that there are Facebook groups for people in your area interested in books and literature. So suddenly we are able to target our marketing much more specifically to a particular audience because we have a themed concert. Let's think of a couple of other examples. Maybe you have a concert that is all to do with dance music and you could advertise that to all of the local dance studios in your area, to the ballet schools, to anywhere that sells dance apparel and anywhere that holds events to do with dancing. And because we're putting together a concert that is about a particular theme and we're advertising it to people who are interested in that theme, we're going to get a much higher uptake on our performance. And this is really great, not only for community groups, but also for school groups. So if you want to bring people into your school who are not necessarily just the family and friends of your students, or if you're doing a concert that is particularly for your community, this can be a really great way to engage those new people for your ensemble. In a school context, theme 
programs are fantastic for creating opportunities to collaborate with other faculty members across other areas of the curriculum and with other art forms. So if we've got our literature concert that we're programming at school, we can collaborate with the English department and perhaps they might be studying one of the texts that our pieces are based on or we could talk with them in advance about doing a unit on Moby Dick or doing a unit on Lord of the Rings or perhaps you can have one of the English teachers come and speak at the concert about the particular pieces of music and the literature that inspired them. Maybe you could get some students to do some extended English projects on these particular texts, even if they're not being studied in class, and give their impressions about the connections between the music and the literature. You might be doing a concert of music that's all about space, which would be an opportunity for collaboration with the science department. Or maybe you have people teaching dance in your school and you can have students come and dance on stage with your band. Perhaps you're doing a concert all about music inspired by art or color, in which case you could collaborate with the art department and have some student artwork shown either during the concert or in the foyer at the interval. There are just so many opportunities for us to collaborate within our community or our school to make our concerts a really interesting, unique and special event. Now, obviously, these opportunities for collaboration extend to things beyond the musical elements. So we might be in charge of rehearsing and preparing and playing all of this music, but you could also let the ideas of the theme seep into things like program design. Maybe you're going to have a special lighting feature for the concert. Um, Maybe you're going to have projected images, like we mentioned, particularly if it was an art concert or a space concert. Maybe there are going to be costumes involved. You might have particular staging, or even you might think about the concessions that you're serving or the refreshments that are happening before, during, and after the concert. So, you know, if you're doing, say, a concert of all French music, can you have cupcakes that are red, white, and blue? Or if you're doing an art concert, can you have all food that is really colorfully decorated and artistically presented in the foyer? Or maybe for our literature concert, you're going to have things that are there to do with literature. This might also be the opportunity to engage some sponsors for your concert. So if you know that you are targeting and working around a particular theme, Maybe you have a bookseller come and have a stall in the foyer at the concert, or maybe you have an exhibit of artwork from a local artist or even people in the ensemble that's going to be in the foyer of the concert. Maybe you can get prizes for a raffle or a fundraiser that are related to that theme. So if it's the science concert or the space concert, maybe you can get free tickets from the local planetarium donated as a raffle item or something to auction off. You could get book vouchers for your book concert or you could get a membership for Audible or Kindle. There are so many different ways that you can let this idea of a theme infuse every single element of the concert presentation, which not only makes it really an all-encompassing experience for the audience, it's really, really fun for students and it makes it a really special event that everyone will be talking about afterwards. 
So we've gone on and on about all the reasons why thematic programming is fantastic for students and audiences in terms of deepening their connection, in terms of how we target audiences to come to our concert and the opportunities that it develops for collaboration um, both within the school and within the community. So how do we do it? Well, first of all, you've got to pick your theme. The themes that you can choose from are only limited by your imagination and maybe a little bit by what pieces are available. Some examples of themes uh, would be a Halloween concert, an art concert that we already mentioned, a space concert. You could do a concert all about historic events or you could do a concert of dance music or of singing music or a concert of music all inspired by comedy in some way. Now, these are all pretty specific concert themes. You can also have more broad concert themes like classics, which allow you to be pretty free with your programming or color, which you can kind of relate to anything if you're talking about compositional color. Or maybe you could have a concert all about courage that might not only be about pieces that are to do with courage, but maybe composers who are courageous in some way. Uh, I did a concert last year called Provocateur, which was all about music that was daring and provocative at the time and composers who were daring and provocative in their music. You could also do concerts that are solely representing music from a specific country or nationality. I've done concerts before that are all American or French, all English music, all Australian music. The list of topics is endless, but you've just got to pick one. Some factors to consider when picking your theme, uh, a theme that's obviously going to be appropriate to the ensemble and to the age of the group, appropriate to the occasion that the performance is going to be at, and something that you can actually find enough music for that is related to that theme at your grade level. Let's look now at how we might put some of these programs together and some examples. So let's start off with a concert that is based around music to do with art. And this concert that I programmed was called Masterpieces, The Sound of Art. And the idea was to find pieces that were representative or reflective of artworks in some way. So we started with a simplified transcription of pictures at an exhibition and followed that up by Mosaic by Stephen Paulus, which is a really fantastic young band piece in the BandQuest series. We followed that up with Resting in the Peace of His Hands by John Gibson, which is one of the few pieces that's actually about a sculpture, which I think is really interesting. And then we played Scenes from the Louvre by Norman Dello Gioio and talked to the audience about how this was the composer walking through the different galleries of the Louvre in a similar way to the Mussorgsky Pictures at an Exhibition was also walking through the gallery. We then played Blue and Green Music by Samuel Hazo, which is based on a painting by Georgia O'Keeffe, famous American artist. And that was Interval. So that was the first half. And the second half, we played Colors by Roger Sicci, which is a multi-movement piece with each movement trying to musically depict the feeling or the attitude of a particular color. We played Looks of Rumque by Eric Whitaker and finished off with Pablo by Richard Meyer, obviously all about Pablo Picasso. 
Now, the things that we did to make this a really special event was we had a pre-concert talk where I explained how the composer had tried to reflect the artwork through sound. And we also had projections that were going on throughout the concert behind the ensemble. At interval, we had uh, an exhibition of artworks by members of the band, which was really amazing because we got to discover great things like one of our trumpet players had taken a guitar making course and brought this beautiful instrument that he had made and that one of our French horn players was an avid quilter and had this incredibly elaborate quilt that she had made. And it was a really fantastic opportunity to get to know more aspects of people in the ensemble. And you could obviously do this with a school band just as easily. The other thing that we did was we had a painter painting throughout the entire concert on stage. And in between pieces, we had a chat with him about how he was responding to the music through his painting. And so he was just creating this painting on the spot in response to the music. And we were able to auction that painting off as a fundraiser for the band. So that was our Sound of Art concert. Now, I didn't just look up those eight pieces and create that program straight away. What I started with was a massive list of any piece I could find that was related to art in some way. I started off using the WindRep site as a starting point and trawled through the teaching music through performance in band list to get more ideas. And if you want more resources or places to look for repertoire, go backwards and listen to our episode about where to look to find repertoire. And you'll see uh, in the show notes and here on the episode, all the different resources to use as a starting point for your repertoire searching. Another concert that I did recently with my community band was called Invitation to the Dance. And in this concert, we wanted to compare and contrast a whole lot of different dance styles, not only in terms of the music, but also in terms of what the actual dances were. Because as we know, much of the dance music was based on a particular pattern of steps or a particular movement. And we wanted our audience to be able to see that movement as much as hear it to help them get a better understanding and make a better connection with the music. And in this concert, we had some pieces where there were live dancers on stage with the band and then some pieces which were just the band playing. And this was a great way to connect with our community and bring a new audience for our ensemble because we suddenly had all the parents and family of friends of all of the dancers as well as our own audience. So in that concert, we played a transcription of Hoedown by Copeland and then that was just the band playing themselves. Then we had a pair of tango dancers come on stage and perform to Death by Tango by Edward Fairley. Fantastic Australian composition, grade three. If you don't know it, go and check it out. We then did a more poppy piece and had some dancers continue with Sway by Michael Bublé. And we had a vocalist for that piece. Then the dancers left the stage and the band had a spotlight on them playing Satiric Dances by Norman De La Joyo and then Country Gardens by Percy Granger. And we talked about Morris dancing and the spectacle of that. After the interval, again, it was an opportunity for the band to play themselves and we played Yiddish Dances by Adam Gorb, 
uh, fantastic English composer who you might not know. If you don't know that piece, check it out. Really, really fun. Great writing for all of the sections. Quite challenging. But if you have a band that can play it, super fun. We then had these adorable children from a local ballet school come in and dance to the characteristic dances from The Nutcracker by Tchaikovsky in their Alfred Reed transcription. And this basically brought the house down with the dance of the sugar plum fairy and these um, very adorable six-year-old ballet dancers. And the band loved it just as much as the audience did. After those cuties left the stage, we played Waltz Number no. 2 from the Jazz Suite by Shostakovich and had waltzes on the stage. And then they segued off and were replaced by swing dancers who did this rousing number of uh, arrangement of Sing, 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 uh, arranged by Michael Story. And again, this was just our big finish number, upbeat, exciting, audience was enraptured. And then we brought all of the dancers back onto the stage and the singer and we played Thriller by Michael Jackson as our encore, which was, again, not something that I would normally program as a main stage piece for a concert, but it was a really fun, exciting, energetic way to send the audience off to the rest of their day. The third example I want to share with you is an example of a more broad theme that you could program to and an example of collaborating with another director to create a concert that had a cohesive idea. So I worked on this program when I was a grad student at the University of Minnesota with another colleague, Brian Messier, and we wanted to create a program that basically depicted the passing of a day from dawn to sunset. And we were playing one half of the concert each. And so we had to work to together create this arc of sunrise, the middle of the day, and then the sun coming down. So the program that we ended up with was my band played the first half and we opened with a movement from Urban Scenes by Andrew Boysen Jr. called Skyline at Sunrise. So we had our sunrise music. And then we played Awake, which is a chorale from Die Meistersinger by Wagner. And it's that second piece on Salvation is Created. I'm sure you'll know that piece of music. You've either played it or conducted it. And on the top of the page is Salvation is Created. And at the bottom of the page is the piece that no one plays. And that's Awake from Die Meistersinger, a really beautiful chorale. Uh, and really worth your time, even if you're not doing any kind of themed program, that second piece on Salvation is Created is actually really good. And, you know, we don't get to do Wagner very often, and it's such amazing music. We then played Sundance by Tekeli. So again, we had this sun theme going on in our music. And then A Walk in the Morning Sun by Pierre Laplante, completely different, um, upbeat, simple, joyous, folk-inspired tune. And then we finished our half with Into the Sun by Jodie Blackshaw, who's an Australian composer. And this piece is actually about migrants coming to Western Sydney in Australia and their experience of coming into a new culture and finding and creating new lives for themselves. And this sense of going towards the light and 
the sun and into a new and optimistic part of their lives. We then had Interval and my colleagues band came on and played the Clifton Williams Fiesta, which was you know full of in the middle of the day excitement and bravado and kind of Spanish flair. And then to symbolize time passing, uh, they played The Syncopated Clock by Leroy Anderson. And then their major work was this incredible piece, The Sun Paints Rainbows on Vast Waves by David Bedford. Now, if you don't know this piece, I don't want you to stop listening to the podcast, but I do want you to almost stop and go and listen to this piece right now. It is a really extraordinary work, fascinating colors. It's a long piece uh, by Bedford, who's an English composer, who's quite minimalist in the way that his pieces evolve. But it's a really incredible piece. It's one of my all-time favorite pieces for band. And the concert finished with Sleep by Eric Whitaker, which obviously made sense with the coming of darkness and the sun going down and the concert coming to rest. And if you know the end of that piece, you can imagine that sleep repeating quietly and fading into nothing. And the thing that made this concert and that moment in particular in the concert even more beautiful was we had designed the lighting to mimic the shape that we wanted to create of this sun rising, the brightness of day, and then the sun setting again. And so the end of sleep was played in darkness with the players just using stand lights and Otherwise, the hall was completely dark. And so the audience had this really visceral, all-encompassing experience of the sun and the light coming up, shining, and then coming down again. And it was a really special concert for everyone who was there. We had students design uh, a special program for the concert that was completely different in the way that it was set out to a normal program and was a, a trifold which had dark on one side, light in the middle, and then fading to dark again on the other side. And we had students design all of the posters for the concert. And it was a really fantastic, all-encompassing idea. So these are just a few examples of ways that you can put together a themed program. All of the programs that we've discussed here, plus more, are all in the show notes at conductingartistry.com forward slash podcast. So if you're interested in any of the pieces that have been mentioned or the programs, as well as all of those points about why thematic programming is great, make sure you head on over to the website. We also have some links up there with some lists of repertoire for particular themes. So if you want to get into this idea, they're a great starting point for you. So as always, we've got some action steps for you, and we've got three today. The first is to pick a theme, could be one of the ones we've mentioned today or something else, and to go and find five pieces that fit that theme. Don't worry about them being at the right grade level for your ensemble, although if you find them, fantastic, but just five pieces that would be related to that theme. The second step is to write down who is your target audience for that theme. And see if you can get as specific as possible and write down five places that you could advertise to that audience. So maybe if it's the concert about literature and you're targeting book lovers, it could be the bookshop and the library and the local book group 
and the Book Lovers Facebook group and something else. And the third action step is to find one image that could be the program cover for your concert program. So five pieces that fit the theme, five places to advertise your concert and one image that could be your program cover. All this information is on our show notes at conductingartistry.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list where you'll get updates on all of our blog posts and future podcast episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Conducting Artistry. Happy programming. Thank you.